Okay, Google, play the Sideline Hustle podcast. Sure, the Sideline Hustle football podcast. Here's where you left off. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Drew Lieberman. I'm slow packing. <laughs> Our days here numbered. Even the way we've come up in the world, think about it. We've created the website ourselves. We've made this podcast ourselves. Like everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. We talk about doing this show. Yeah, we, we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it. I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in. To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. What up, what up? This is Coach Liebs bringing you the first official episode of Coach Talk. Uh, This is a podcast format that I've been wanting to do for a while. And really just an opportunity for me to take you inside the mind of a coach. uh, Take you through my thoughts on a day-to-day basis. Uh, the message I'm trying to deliver to my wide receivers, uh, where we're at, uh, give you a, a progress update, but but really, you know, try to take you inside of, of what I'm thinking from a motivational standpoint, what we need to work on from a fundamental standpoint, and, and how I hope to get that accomplished with my guys. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm currently the wide receivers coach at Don Bosco Prep in Ramsey, New Jersey, a really historic high school football program that, that has really just a, an unbelievable history, and, and it's been a blessing to coach there thus far. Uh, we just finished week two of the 2018 season. We're one and one. Uh, we won in, in week one versus John Burns High School from South Carolina. Uh, it was We were down 17-3 going into the fourth quarter. Scored 19 unanswered points to win. It was really just a, a great win for the program and a really important win for us. Um, and then we traveled down to Washington, D.C. this past weekend to play Gonzaga College High School and ended up losing by quite a bit. We got our butts handed to us. Uh, we lost the 37-7. to um, and just a, a combination of them playing really well. They're a really good team, and we played about as badly as I think we, we could have played as a team. Um, we have a very young team, a lot of first-time starters, a lot of juniors who, who haven't necessarily played a, a lot of varsity football uh, and, you know, and, and a small group of seniors. And, and I think that our youth uh, really played a big role in this game. I didn't think we traveled very well as far as us being very focused. We, you know, it, was, it was an overnight trip, staying in a hotel, and, you know, I just think it was it was hard for 16, 17 year old kids to to kind of stay focused through the whole thing. And I think that it's something that on our next road trip, we'll do a better job of. And it's a learning experience for all of us. Um, but but the other thing that if you're listening to this on the podcast format, uh, when I'm done with this short episode and these episodes are going to range anywhere from you know five to seven minutes. When I'm done with this episode, you'll hear an episode I recorded last Thursday before the Gonzaga game uh, that I haven't released yet. Uh, if you're watching this on IGTV, uh, obviously you won't, but go check out the podcast for the full version. Um, but but last Thursday, I was talking about how I felt like in the wide receiver room, we had gotten a little complacent. Everybody was a little overly excited to be 1-0. Um, Bosco last year was 2-8, and eight, so, so it was a big win for the program just to get back on track and win a big game. But And because we're so young and, and everyone was kind of unsure of, of how the season would turn out, we were all very excited and on a high from being 1-0 and winning that first game. Um, but you know, I think it was something where, where we kind of lost ourselves during the week last week and and what's made us 
gonna what's gonna make us a good team. What's gotten us to this point thus far is, is the work we've put in. I think we've taken pride in being tougher than any of our opponents by working outworking them every day in practice. And I didn't think we came to practice last week quite with that same hunger. And it's something I'm beating myself up quite a bit about as a coach because uh, I recognized that Monday or Tuesday and. You know, I, I mentioned it to the kids, but I kind of was just whining about it. Like, I, you know, so I told them in the meeting yesterday, I was kind of like, come on, guys, you're getting complacent. Like, I didn't I need to put my foot down more. And those of you who have ever you know, been around me or seen me coach, like I'm I'm a strict disciplinarian. I get after my guys. But, you know, we also have such a family in the receiver room. I'm, I'm able to uh, really get after them and hold them accountable. And, and and, you know, I just didn't feel like I did a good enough job you know, cutting that out as soon as I saw it. And, and whether it is punishing the kids with conditioning or really yelling at them and getting after them, I, I wish I had done more last week to cut that, cut the complacency out of practice and, and, you know, build some more hunger within the team rather than, you know, just a week where we weren't getting as much extra work in after practice. We weren't straining ourselves to finish blocks or finish runs. It was kind of just like, oh, you know, we figured out this winning thing, like we're good here. And, you know, the same token, I, I really do believe that in life in general and in football, like losses often provide you more lessons than wins do. And, you know, I think if there was a time for us to lose a game, this was a good time if we learn a lot of these valuable lessons. And I think that if it's a wake up call for us as a program and a wake up call for these young players that there's no such thing as a day off, there's no such thing as we're good as as, you know, we've done enough like we've never done enough. We always got to find a way to do more. And we always have to continue to, to build on what we've done the week before and, and just get better every single day. And the minute you lose that edge and the minute you lose that desire to to improve yourself and find a way to do more, you caught 100 balls yesterday, catch 101 balls tomorrow. Catch 105 balls the next day. You ran, you know, 21 tens, run 21 the next day. Like whatever it is, just always finding a way to do more. And, uh, you know, something that I want to talk about is is I do a, a wide receiver manual every week for – Sorry, I do a wide receiver tip sheet every week for the receivers before the game. And I always put some inspirational quotes and and stuff like that. And this week in the tip sheet, uh, I had a quote from from Tim Grover, who was the uh, he trained Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade uh, when they were all playing in the league and and pretty much for their whole careers. And is known as one of the best personal trainers in, in the NBA. And he wrote a book called Relentless, which is like a Bible to me. And and. I once printed, you know, all the significant pages out for my players at Wesleyan and, and made them read a read a section every week. And it's just a, a really great book uh, that, that kind of built, helped shape my mindset as a coach and, and gave me some really defined uh, coaching points and, and theories to, to hit on. But a quote I put in the tip sheet before the game was, being relentless means demanding more of yourself than anyone else could ever demand of you, knowing that every time you stop, you can still do more. You must do more. And you know, it was it was it was a good message for the kids before the game, but it was a little late. Like I said, I should have. This is something I should have preached last Monday and, and made us practice better. And I think that would have made a difference. But it was something I was able to touch on again yesterday in the meeting after the loss. We're watching the film and just preach to the kids like we can never trick ourselves into thinking we've done enough. The minute we think we've done enough, someone else is doing more, and that's how you get beat. And I think we we went down to D.C. without that that hungry dog mentality and that desire just to to win at, at all costs. I think we were down there, kind of feeling it out, enjoying the trip, you know, and, and came in there just a little a little hesitant, a little less hungry than they were. They 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 were certainly more ready to play than we were, and it's something we got to get fixed going forward. But 
you know, now that it's happened, now that we're one and one, it's something that I really think can be a blessing for this team as long as we respond to it the right way. And, you know, as long as we take care of business from here on out, I think today's practice is going to be very telling as to, uh, you know, where these kids are at, how badly they want to win and how they're going to respond. We had a rest and recovery day yesterday where we did some, we lifted as a team, uh, did some stretching to recover, and we watched film. And I thought the focus was there. I thought that the kids responded the right way then. So now we just got to carry it over to, to four good days of practice, get a win this week, and, and get back on track. Um, but that's about it. You know, just want to keep these episodes short, want to take you guys just briefly into what I'm thinking where my mind is at. Uh, hopefully, if, you, if you're a coach listening, there's one or two things I say every day that you know you might find interesting or might help you shape your own message or or deal with your own kids. If you're a player, you know I'm hoping that this will give you guys some better insight into what coaches look for, how coaches think, um, you know, and just help you understand you know kind of the coach-player dynamic a, a little more because I think that's important for players to have a good understanding of that. And then if you're a fan, I just hope this provides provides great insight. Uh, into what life is actually like for for coaches, what I spend my time thinking about off the field, you know, away from football when I'm driving home, driving to work. Uh, just I'm, I'm constantly thinking about the message I want to deliver to my kids and and what I can do to motivate them. I, I always think that aspect of coaching is much more important than the X's and O's, uh, much more important than any play you can draw up or any technique you can teach. It's how do you get the most out of your players? How do you get your players to play the hardest for you? And I think that's by loving them first, loving the hell out of them first, and then holding them very, very, very accountable to to a very high standard and, and forcing them to meet that every day. And it's something I got to do a better job of this week is is holding that standard to, to us being the best in everything we do and harping on every single detail. And, and when I see something that's slightly off, I got to get after them and, and, and got to get them to get it right and, and play with intensity every day. And, you know, I truly believe the team that suffers the most during the week and the team that suffers the most leading up to the season and is willing to put themselves through the most pain to to build the most character and build the most strength, that's the team that's the hardest to beat. And it's something we got to get back to this week, and I'm confident we will. I think the coaches are on the same page. I think the players are on the same page. And, you know, I'm excited to see where this journey leads us. So I will check back in with you guys tomorrow. This is Coach Leaves, Episode 1 of Coach Talk. Peace. All right, this is Coach Liebs. This is Thursday, September 6th, uh, week two of the Don Bosco prep football season. And what I'm focused on today is is really bringing these guys together, uh, the receivers, the running backs, the skill kids, and continuing to push them. So we won a close game last week. Uh, we beat John's Burn, John Burns High School from South Carolina, 22-17. Uh, we were down 17-3 going into the fourth quarter, scored 19 unanswered points to win the game and really played well, performed well in the pass game. The quarterbacks played well down the stretch. Receivers caught every ball thrown to them. Our running backs did their job, and we had, you know, our our starting running back ended up playing most of that game at receiver and scored the game-winning touchdown on a a go ball. So really, we did some great things in the pass game with this group. Um, We're a very young group. There's only one kid, besides our running back, there's only one kid in the group that's ever played varsity football. So last weekend, for the three other starters, it was their first time with ever really, you know, accumulating real varsity reps. So it's been something that I've been conscious of as this, uh, of this being a, a learning process and a process of development throughout the entire season. Uh, and it was cool to see them really perform in a big stage and come through in the clutch for the first time. You know, we had a kid, uh, one of our, our senior receivers, he's a first-year starter, made a huge catch down to the three-yard line, and we scored on the next play, which was one of the biggest plays of the game. Uh, we had a kid who's, who's a junior receiver, 
make a huge catch on fourth and four, which if he doesn't make that catch, we probably lose as well. So everyone really stepped up when, when their number was called, and everyone kind of had their moment during that game. And like I said, we had our starting running back end up playing X receiver for much of that game, and, and he came up huge as well with a couple of big catches down the stretch. So, you know, this week in practice, what I sensed on Monday was that we were a little complacent. Like I said, we're a young group of guys. Everyone was very excited to be 1-0, especially last year. You know, this team was 2-8 and eight and had a very disappointing year. So they, everybody was happy to kind of sense that, that things were changing and things were on the rise. But Monday, I didn't feel great about our energy, didn't feel great about our focus. Uh, and Tuesday was better, much better as far as our energy. But I just still feel like, you know, in the preseason, we were all about pushing ourselves past the limit every single day. Get the most out of yourself, get the most out of this out of this practice. And, you know, there's no such thing as, as being tired or as showing weakness because our breaking point needs to be higher than our opponent's breaking point. It's something our head coach, Mike Thiel, talks about all the time is that at some point, our opponent's going to break and we better be tougher and better conditioned and mentally stronger than they are so that they break before we do. I think it's something as receivers, we've really prided ourselves on all offseason, all preseason, and, and it's what's made us successful thus far. Um, and I just didn't feel like we had that at the beginning of this week. So yesterday uh, was a good opportunity for me. Yesterday was Wednesday. We play on Saturday this week, so technically, you know, we have kind of an extra day to prepare because we're generally playing on Friday nights. So Wednesday uh, for us yesterday was a third down day. And it was a good opportunity for me to really put the pressure on these receivers. Because we're playing, we're going down this weekend and playing Gonzaga College High School in Washington, D.C. They're a very, very, very good team with tons of D1 talent everywhere. They're very well coached. We're going to have to play a great game to win. And for us as receivers, you know, when the ball's in the air on third down, we got to make every play. We can't afford to go three and out and put our defense back on the field. We can't afford not to convert on third downs. So, you know, like I said, I, I used yesterday as a very as, as a day where I really wanted to put pressure on them to be perfect. And we ended up dropping a ball on third and eight yesterday, and I went crazy. Went ballistic on the on the offense, started screaming at the receivers, and you know, and they, I could just again there was still some resistance from the wideouts because they, they are young and they want to be told that what they're doing is enough. And they want to be validated that you know, they've done enough and they've arrived and they're playing well enough. But as soon as you have that mindset that, that you're good enough, that's exactly when you get beat. And so that's what I was kind of trying to break through yesterday. And, and, you know, I'm not mad that a kid dropped a ball in practice. Like, we're all going to drop balls. No kid means to drop a football. But I wanted to give them the perspective that if this happens on Saturday, it will be the end of the world. You know, I made it seem like it was the end of the world in practice because – if this happens Saturday, this could lose us the game, and we better not be complacent. We better not don't don't look at me and say no, we're good, we're good. No, we're not. We got to push ourselves harder. We got to continue to be great. We got to continue to push our limits in conditioning, in practice, and stop. We can't be looking for a way out. We can't be looking for you know the, the end of the light of the tunnel. We just have to embrace the grind, embrace the process, and work even harder. Find a way to do more. We got you know a running back and a receiver who play both ways, and they're exhausted every practice. I got to take every rep. But I don't really care. Like I don't. I don't feel bad for them. Like they're two of our best players. They're playing both ways for a reason. Like they need to step it up and find a way to give more to this team, even if they feel like they have nothing left in the tank. That's the only way you continue to get better. And I think it's a major lesson for these kids, being young kids, that, that they got to learn. You know, today, and and I think we're going to talk about in our meeting when when we start before we start watching film today, and just come to an understanding as a group that. It's my job to push you past your limits. It's my job to set a standard that you don't think you can reach. And it's your job just to do everything you can to try and get there. You know, you don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to like it, but shut up and do everything you can to try to reach that point 
of, of pushing yourself harder, of focusing even more than you think you can when you're tired, of executing your job to, to your absolute best, you know, to the, the maximum potential. And, and that's how you continue to get better. And I just don't want us to, you know, be happy with being 1-0 and act like we're a good enough football team now where we're automatically going to be 2-0. Because if we don't play our best game on Saturday, you know, again, that team's going to find a way to beat us because they're, they're just as talented as we are. So, you know, I just think it was important for me as a coach to come down on them a little bit yesterday, uh, be that force that creates chaos in practice. You know, when I was a, a GA for Ralph Region, he always used to talk to the quarterbacks about how his job was to make practice harder than the games. And he goes, playing for me in practice will be harder than any game environment you step into this whole year. And that was at Rutgers where, you know, we played Penn State at home in front of 65,000 people, Michigan at home. We played at Ohio State, like at Nebraska. We played in front of some crazy crowds and environments and, and, and obviously very talented opponents. And his thing, which he was pretty much right on, was that it's going to be harder to play quarterback for me in practice because I will put more pressure on you in practice than there will be in the game when now I have your back and I'm supporting you. And that's something that I've always carried with me my entire coaching career. And it's really what, you know, I felt like we accomplished yesterday. I wasn't exactly pleased with the way we responded, but I think that the tone was set. I think that the complacency, I think that the drop ball was actually a, a perfect thing for, uh, for the group to see like, hey, you know, they may, they, I don't know if they necessarily believed that we were being complacent. I think they felt like they were giving their all. But then now here it is in a crucial moment where we make a mistake when our number's called, which hasn't happened to us very often. I think it woke everybody up to the fact that, that we need to you know, pick it up and we need to be even better. We need to focus even more. And we got to find a way to give more to this team. And I feel good about the way they responded after we talked after practice. I feel good about where their minds are at right now. And I think we're ready to have a great day today. Uh, today's Thursday, like I said. We have a walkthrough tomorrow. And, and I feel good about where we're at mentally. But it's it's a tough thing as a coach, you know, especially when you have a lot of love for these kids and you want them to, to enjoy playing for you every day. Like sometimes these days just aren't fun. Like my job is not to be their friend. My job is not to make them feel good about themselves. My job is to push them to be the best players and the best young men that they can be. And that's what I tried to do yesterday and, and going to try and do again today. So, you know, very uh, interesting time. It's been a very interesting adjustment for me going from college to high school because a lot of these lessons in college, not to say they're already learned uh, and the kids kind of get it, because they don't. It's all the same stuff, but it's, it's definitely more of a process teaching this to kids in, in high school to teach work ethic and teach the uh, expectations in the room for being a great receiver, being a great football player, being a great teammate. Uh, that's been a little bit more of a process in high school than it is in college. I think I think in college, you know, you've you've obviously accomplished enough in your high school career that got you recruited. You've had a certain level of success. You found something within yourself that where you've learned how to work hard and push yourself. And you know, anyone who's getting recruited and playing college football was probably one of the two or three best players on their team, regardless of what level you're playing at. Uh, and, and now it's different, where you're taking kids who, especially you know, with this group that haven't played varsity football. Uh, it's, it's a much different scenario teaching them what it's like to push themselves past their limits and teaching them how important it is to never settle and never be complacent. So that was really the, uh, the message for the day yesterday. It's something we'll talk about again today, and I expect to have a great day at practice today and, and really be focused and locked in and, and selling out you know, for the two, two and a half hours that we're out there. Um, you know, As far as sideline hustle, I just want to use this, this podcast to to provide a little sideline hustle news or, or insight about some of the content we're creating. And, and the only thing I want to talk about, which I, I thought was something that I would like to talk about more as far as receiver play goes, 
Uh, two days ago, I posted a, a teach tape episode that, about stealing a release. And, and what I mean by steal a release is in the run game, if you have a press man defender on you or a man-to-man defender on you, you know, a lot of times you're told just, just run the guy off, you know, run the defender off. But stealing a release is not just being complacent and casually running the guy off. It means taking your best release in that moment so that you can gain information on how you're going to beat that DB uh, when your number's called later on, when it really counts, when, when you actually have a fade ball called or you have, you know, whatever route it is called and you actually have to get the rock and win. Uh, use every run play you can as an opportunity to continue to develop your plan, continue to find his weaknesses, or maybe, you know, lull the guy to sleep and set up your next release. Maybe you take, you know, a somewhat a somewhat less violent release, two, three run plays in a row, lull him to sleep, lull him to sleep, and then when the, your, your number is called, now it's super violent, you're diving inside, he's diving in there with you, and that's how you win. But, but you, just, you have to use these run plays. The run plays are very, very valuable times for, for great receivers to develop their plan and set up that move that is going to get them open when it counts uh, and, and when their number is called. So I think it's something that's not coached nearly enough for, uh, for any wide receiver at any level. I think it's not something that receivers take enough pride in at any level. Like no matter how much I've ever preached it, I've never really had kids buy into it so fully that every single play in a in the run game they're stealing a release. But it's it's something that I certainly think is important. And in the T shape, I showed a really cool example of Juwan Winfrey, who's a starting Colorado starting receiver at the University of Colorado. Uh, he stole a release two plays in a row in the red zone, and on the third play they threw him a red zone fade, and he won and scored a touchdown. So, and it was something that we were texting about uh, the night before, and I was telling him, you know, keeping him focused on him to make sure he does that during the game. And it was really, really cool to see that just play out in real life and, and see it work for him. So, you know, definitely something that, that I want to continue to preach more on this platform. Steal a release in the run game, take your best release so that you can continue to gain information and continue to improve your plan so that when your number is called, you know exactly how you're going to win and you can be decisive, you can be aggressive and, and go get the rock. So that's all I got. This is uh, Forward Progress Coach Talk number one. And I hope you guys uh, had some va- got some value out of this. Please let me know your thoughts on, on Instagram, on, on Twitter. Let me know what you guys thought of this, how, how it can improve, what, what you want to hear me talk about, how you want me to uh, kind of tailor the, the topics each day, and I'll do my best to provide value for you guys. Until next time, this is Coach Leibs. Peace. Hey, Ma. What's up? Let's slide. All right. All right. All right. We gon' get it on tonight. You smoke, I smoke, I drink, me too. Well, good, cause we gon' get high tonight. Got drops, got trucks, got jeeps. Alright, and we gon' take a ride tonight. So much, let's slide. Alright, alright, and we gon' get it on tonight. Yo, now it's downtown clubbing, ladies' night. Seen shorty, she was crazy, right? And I approached baby light. Mom, what's your age and type?